everyone, and welcome back to Not Enough Bones. This is our gaming podcast about too many bones and everything else that Chip Theory Games has cooking. Uh, today, I am your host. This is John, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host with a beautiful morning voice, David. Uh, tell everyone how you're feeling, David. It is 6 a.m. right now. How are you yeah, doing? Yeah, man. It's, it's 6 a.m., and we're making, you know, every day we make choices. And today, John, we made a choice to not give up on our fans and say, no, gosh darn it, we're going to record. So here we are, fans. Um, all, absolutely. All, we are here today all ten of you. to give you guys the, the, <laughs> the latest and greatest. So we're mainly about Too Many Bones, but today we're about something, uh, something else that Chip Theory Games has cooking up that's Too Many Bones yeah. adjacent, maybe. We're going to be talking about 20 Strong, our recent impressions of the game, and uh, some conversation about some other small box solo games as well. So uh, we're really excited to get into this one. Uh, but before we do, David... Uh, it's been a little while since we've gotten the chance to sit down and record. Uh, tell me what's new. What have you been playing? Anything uh, crazy going on in your life right now? Yeah, uh, nothing, nothing necessarily too crazy. Uh, I got a PlayStation over, uh, which which oh, yeah? uh, Black Friday weekend, and so I've mm-hmm. primarily been been grinding that uh, Jedi Fallen Order, just trying to you know catch up on. I haven't played video games in forever, like it's since like the Wii. Yeah. So that's kind of been what <laughs> I've been. And and you've joined me on Jedi Fallen Order at least for a little bit. I did. I launched it last night. I was kind of. I had about an hour and a half or so before I wanted to go to bed, and I was like, you know, my wife was tired. She went to bed, and so I was like, oh, maybe I just should play some PlayStation. Loaded it up, and then spent like an hour trying to kill the same frog that you got stuck on. So I finally finally beat him, but uh, we'll see if that uh, has tempered my love of the game or not. Maybe it's just made me stronger, you know, because. The, the time I actually beat him, I didn't take any damage. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, why would a game designer design such an annoying boss right at the start? But I really think it's just, hey, you got to the edit, like the tutorial. Here's a way to solidify how the mechanics of the game yeah. are. Because you really have to block and parry and roll yes. and all that, uh, which is crucial parts of these games, which most people just want to mash the... Uh, the yes, attack button, but you can't you but. can't do that in this one but um yeah uh, a couple of other recent plays played some rococo which is a phenomenal game that i hey. wish uh, you guys had more opportunities to play like i get so tired of a lot of like the new euro games that come out and just like rococo is so solid it's very interactive the theme is is fun some people are like i don't want to make a i don't want to play a game about making dresses i want to play a game about like you know vikings and monsters and blah 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 but Mm-hmm. Making dresses in the you know 18th century is not it's not too bad. So um, I really enjoyed Rococo, and which you played that a long time ago, I believe, right? I did. That was my first win that was recognized by certain uh, certain friends. I think my very first time I beat uh, my friends in a game because I'm probably the newest in our kind of game group at like modern board games as a hobby. I played a lot of games growing up, but not like the modern games. Like I played Katana and other things like that. But so it took me a little while to win a game and I beat two of my friends at Tapestry. And one of them said that doesn't count because I lapped his score because I beat him so badly. But Rococo was, I think the first actual Euro game that the end of it all said and done, I had the yeah. most points and it felt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's a great one. And uh, played some, some raw uh, introduced a friend to raw Ooh. and all had a really good time with that. And uh, the last one I'll say is uh, a little bit of a letdown is uh, Septima. A little bit of a letdown. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the theme was really nice. The art and components is absolutely gorgeous. Um, 
Okay. I think they were just, I don't know. I don't know what happened, man. I don't know what happened. I just like, it's funny because even during the game development, um, when it was on Kickstarter, I even like put on BGG. Now, look, I'm just a random user that they see. So they like, they don't know. And I'm just like, I'm not mm-hmm. anybody. But I did notice something. And I was like, hey, this game seems like it's lacking like a key point of interaction that if it doesn't happen, will probably make the game really boring. And, um, you know, and then some people like talked about it and like, all right, here we go. Fast forward, you know, a year, year and a half, deliver the game and like, yep. All right. Share it. it. Yep. There, there it is. There it is. And, uh, mm-hmm. so I guess nobody paid attention to, to that point. And, and, and I think a lot of people share the sentiment of like, it's too long for what it is. Um, there's not enough meat on the bones for what it is. And it lacks a lot of interaction. It doesn't feel very, very witchy. I think that was kind of maybe my, my main complaint. Have you played any other Mind Clash I'm, games like uh, Perseverance or Tracarion? Just just the first episode of Perseverance, which I've heard is maybe not their strongest showing. I have played Anachrony 2, but that was probably two years ago at this point. So that one deserves a, a second play for uh, better recollection before I make any comments on that one. I can tell you Perseverance episode one was one of the worst games I've ever played, <laughs> um, which is sounds harsh, but it's probably not not far from yeah the for a lot of people mind clash is like an auto back you know like oh they like similar to chip theory games like new game don't even matter just click the back button we're done um but mm-hmm. i think for a lot of people that's starting to not be the case just because they had such a strong showing with tracarion with anachrony with cerebria and i guess maybe like a couple others but like yeah these last mm-hmm. two um have been have been interesting so yeah a little disappointed in septima i really wanted it to love that game um but you know as they say it is what it is so it is what it is um yeah i've been uh, getting a couple of good games played over here david one that's uh was really hot with my family over thanksgiving was heat uh pedal to the metal um so my family i have a big family so i'm fifth of seven kids and um uh, so I, we all like draw names for siblings for Christmas. And since I was home for Thanksgiving this year and not Christmas, um, we brought gifts to exchange over Thanksgiving. So I got my brother, who is also a, a board gamer. He, he just doesn't have enough people to play with as much as he would like. Uh, but I got him heat because I figured this is a game that I know he could go and teach some of his maybe more casual friends out in Buffalo to, to enjoy, to play. Um, and man, it was hot. They call it heat because it's so hot. Yeah, baby. Uh, it is. Uh, I think it's fantastic. That's right. We've been having a good discussion um, within our friend group of of this game. And I think one one of our friends, Matthew, in particular, doesn't really like the game. He thinks it's very boring and repetitive and there's not any strategy to it, etc. Um, but these two games, man, made me a heat believer, if anything did i think that the drafting of the upgrade cards is a great way to start and then really these two games more than most that i played i really felt like i was planning those two turns ahead three turns ahead saying hey i know what's in my deck trying to pay a little bit more attention to like the cards i've played the cards i haven't knowing that all right if i go 11 spaces this turn will put me right here which will set me up for a turn where uh, like for example my brother-in-law he took if, if you're familiar with the game in general high level you're playing cards move your cars there's corners which prevent a speed at which you can go around the, them without paying a cost and there's a risk you basically reset your car if you go too fast so really dumbing it down there but my brother-in-law pulled off this crazy move where he he went from pretty much last place 
moved up a little bit, but had combo two cards that let him get like a bonus movement of eight spaces through the slipstream. Wow. And he cut around a five speed and a two speed corner, only going three for the corner check and paid his he it was crazy. I mean, it was it was a, like a stand up moment. We we're all like, oh, my goodness, that was so cool. And if, he didn't just end up winning. Right. You'd think like if somebody got that far ahead they just win but since it does go over the course and we were playing the three lap map he did that on the first lap over the course of three laps we slowly kind of came back and passed him and then he ended up getting like third or fourth place but uh, i think heat is just a fantastic game i we played it in about an hour i would say i wasn't i didn't have the stopwatch out but after i taught it i would say gameplay didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome in any way Uh, by the end of that third lap you're like all right i'm kind of ready to you know, wrap this up, but then I feel like the game ends kind of right when you expect it to, but, um, really, really love heat. I know you're a fan of it too. Um, we can make comparisons to other race games, but, um, I think it's a really, really solid one. I think it's great. I think the highest compliment was I introduced it to some friends and my wife, Sam. And, uh, at the end I asked Sam what she thought. And she said it, I felt like I was in my own little race car, like trying to maneuver around the corners and like, you know, pass people and such. And like, I think if the game can make you feel that way, then like that is like, very good. Very good. So yeah, I'm with you. Like it's one of the few times where like the, the BGG hype train, like the board game community hype train is like, I felt, okay, yes, this, this makes sense. I see what Mm -hmm. I see why people love this so much. Yeah. I didn't feel that with like Ark Nova after playing it where I was like, okay, this is a fine game. Like it's well designed, but it wasn't like a, whoa, this does something so different. This is, you know, magnanimous. Whereas Heat, I felt like to your point, its biggest compliment is that it feels like you are racing a car and it feels unlike a game that I've played in that sense. I know there's some comparisons to, quest for Eldorado or games we might say are better race games but i feel those are hard to compare because i look at heat as a racing game yes. like i am i am almost like rping as a, a yes. driver in a yes. car and how am i going to take these turns how am i going to have the endurance to go through multiple laps of managing my car without you know breaking down and spinning out um i could see the argument that they're better designed games with more variety etc but i think for what it's setting out to accomplish he does a great job yeah the only thing i would want out of heat is potentially uh to find some like small mario kart like you know cars or whatever um and then just replace the cars that are in the game with those like if i could find a small like i've seen the mario kart cars but i think they're a little bit bigger so if i could find like smaller versions that would be great hmm Love it. Um, one other game that I played on our Monday night game night, which I'll just mention briefly because it's a it's a big one, um, is Dominant you Species. You guys played Dominant Species got, and didn't tell me? What the heck? We got a five-player game of Dominant Have you played this, David? No, I haven't, but I've wanted to play it for so long. That and Dominant Species Marine are, are two games I've wanted to play for a very long time. So maybe we'll have uh, we're going to PAX, which we, we can mention shortly. PAX Unplugged. Maybe we'll have Matthew bring it in. We'll we'll get a nice little five player game of it. But um, it was an interesting experience. So I I was on the receiving end of some vindictive behavior. Um, one of our friends has a hard time uh, being the target of something in a board game, and I made a move that uh, 
that disrupted him partially, but did it because it was the best move I could make on the table. So he then on the next turn took a dominance card and just moved all my animals from one space to another. So they died. So I went into the last round with pretty much nothing and that didn't progress his strategy at all, but I guess it made him feel good inside. So um, dominant species <laughs> though is, as you can tell, a little bit of a cutthroat game. So um, you're trying to survive and it is the survival of the fittest. Um, I ended up getting dead last. So the poor birds did not, uh, did not assert their dominance on the food chain. Um, but it was it was good. It's a game I think I would play again. I think if you have a play group that does have trouble with your get your legs getting cut out from under you or like you getting yoinked kind of at the last minute, it would be a hard like I don't I don't know if it's a game for our group, but I would love to play it again. So there's a great action selection structure where all the players go around in a turn order and there's kind of actions um all the way down the right hand side of the board iconography is a little dated to say the to say the least but you're putting out your action pawns and then the way the actions all resolve is kind of top down from left to right so kind of like you're you're reading a book so there's a really tense like oh well some of the good actions are right at the bottom but there are actions above them that could influence how the board state works so do i go for those first to secure the board state looks like i want it to when i get to the bottom actions like the scoring actions or do i just try to secure one of the scoring actions first so it's like there's a lot of tension in the action placement and then i think the game does go a little long in some of the action resolution if you're always checking to you know count again what's dominant what's not etc but overall the action structure itself was not as complicated as i was expecting for a game that large they were pretty straightforward actions it was kind of like the the strategy of it all how you're planning ahead how you're knowing when different things score and then how you're leveraging the different dominance cards you get as a result of scoring so um, definitely a a heavier weight euro game um with a a good amount of uh, take that and or just general interaction um definitely interested to play it again yeah, dominant species is one that I've I've wanted to play for a long time, just because again, you know, the interaction that's there. Uh, but I've also, of course, you know, heard that it can be a, a little bit of a a longer, I guess, like you know, a longer game. Um, I don't know how long did y'all's play take? It was just a little over two hours, okay. I think. Um, which you know, you can go watch the Paul Grogan rule video, and he talks about playing it for like four yeah. hours, right? And Matthew did remove. I think effectively an entire round worth of cards and cards that gave you like extra action pawns. So he did kind of shorten the game by removing some of those things. So I could see it going another two, three rounds. So I could see it easily being a three hour game. If people have AP, it could be longer than that. Yeah. 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 And, or if they're just thorough about anytime someone takes a move, almost rechecking the entire board for, different dominance and stuff like that that's what matthew said is is oftentimes what slows things down when he's seen it right Right. i got you yeah that one and a dominant species marine which i think is a somewhat of like a streamlining and re-implementation of dominant species so uh you know they're the yeah i've been wanting to look now that we've played it what what makes that different i think it it works better at lower player counts i think is what i've heard um like Mm -hmm. bgg still still says that marine is better at at best at four but also serviceable like say at two or three whereas i don't think the og is 
you know, good at, at those counts. So I think that's one of the things it streamlines a few things. Obviously, like there are purists out there who like, you know, the new update streamlined is trash. I want to play this game for four and a half hours. Um, you know, and but then there are others like, no, this is clearly the, the better one. So it's hard to say, like, you know, which is which I'm sure you would buy Marine and Matthew would be like, no, nah, it's just not as good as a, as the OG. So, you know, yeah, it's interesting because Marine, I think, only goes up to four players. I'm looking um, whereas Dominant Species is obviously two to six. I don't think you'd want to play these games at two players. I'm curious, but, what um, did Brady say about the components? He honestly didn't make too much fuss about them because they do help kind of read the okay. board state. Um, if they, he did say at the end, Matthew was like, see, this is why we don't have miniatures for this because blah, 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 blah. It makes it easier. And Brady said, I'll take the miniatures. So, you know, I think nobody, nobody's writing home about the components, but I don't think they're the end of the world. Yeah, man. Out here looking like cones of Dunshire uh, a little bit. So, yeah, but that's awesome, dude. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you guys got to play that and maybe a future play with a few different people might reveal something special that's there. All right. Absolutely. Anything else you've you've got played, or anything else you wanna you wanna comment? Um, I played um, some Castles of Burgundy over over Thanksgiving as well. One game, and I'll mention this just in passing because I think the backer kit is almost over oh, yeah. by the time the episode comes out. Probably is. Um, I finally got a chance to yeah. So the six days left. We're recording on the 29th right now. Ahoy! Um, this is a game I picked up at Gen Con last year. Um and played with matthew at two players twice and i beat him both times he complained about balance i said you're just bad get a good kid <laughs> right. right um and so i've now not changed my tune so i played with my brother-in-law and he beat me he was playing the faction that um, i had played so the the mollusk Uh-oh. faction is now three and oh in games played and I don't know if it's as much balance. Like this last game was close and he made a really good play at the end and took over. It's got like an area control type game. And he made a good play on the last turn to take over the tile that I had been placing kind of all my value into. Um, So it was a high scoring tile and him taking that over with like his last action. And I didn't have a way to counteract it, gave him the, the 30 point threshold at the end of the turn. So if you're unfamiliar game's area control starts with two little grid tiles on the board and as you expand you place more each tile has a d6 on it and at the end of a two-player game at the end of every round you take up one of those dice by one so i basically had a value of four in this one tile and it was impossible to get to but on the last turn he we got like uh, the different crew cards which give you special abilities he got one that allowed him to basically go off one of the edge of the map and travel to the opposite corner of it it was very very interesting but he was able to snipe that place out from me right within the last turn i didn't have something prepared to stop him and it brought him right up above 30 nice. points so um it would have been closer in the last round if if we had one but um the expansion adds a couple more factions and similar to what leader games has done with root there's kind of like the militant faction and the insurrection faction or whatever it's called so you can kind of mix and match so as long as one player is playing like the more aggressive faction and one player is playing the more you know widespread uh you know resurgence faction it's balanced and then in three or four players which i've yet to play it at they added some more options so not everyone has to be the smugglers you can be a giant lizard or uh, you know crustaceans or something like that yeah um i'm i'm excited to try yeah, it. ahoy has been a game that i've wanted to play for so long and maybe we can game get in a game of at pax perhaps uh okay, awesome great uh, i've wanted to play that game for so long just because i'm a 
a leader games fan and the art is great um you know i i asked online if like if it if the game feels piratey and a lot of people are like no not really like it's more area control like it's not a very piratey game uh but maybe the expansion content might fix or not maybe not fix but like maybe might add to that if that makes sense yeah i feel like the smugglers might feel a little bit more like pirates but the funny thing to me is as i was looking at bgg because i was like okay three games i've played that's more than you know we get on some games before we want to make initial impressions and one factions one and i was looking on bgg and i did not find anything that was like mollusk union is unbalanced and i actually i was looking at like hey how do you win is the mollusk against the sharks and i was kind of like yeah interesting because like um people are like thoughts on a two-player game blah 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 blah. and some people think it's it's unbalanced at three i don't know i'm interested to just uh I've, we've stopped like comments we've stopped playing it because we can't beat the blue squadron player at two players there must be a strategy that we're missing but it's kind of frustrating after playing it a bunch i'm like that's interesting because they haven't won a single game and like so i don't know maybe just different, people are different, are different or we're not yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. it the yeah. right way um well it sounds like at a, as a two-player experience like it's it's fun is what it sounds like to me oh great absolutely great great, great. well the action selection is great i'll bring it and if it's just you and me playing we sick. can play sick 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 yeah um, I'll just add in one last recent play. We had a Thanksgiving with my Colombian parents, and of course, they have some friends from Colombia who were uh, there uh, enjoying Thanksgiving with us. So we played Parcheesi. Have you ever played Parcheesi? I have not, David. I heard it's a quick game. <laughs> yeah, right? all three and a half hours of it. And uh, <laughs> you are just... Uh, so it's great because you have these pawns that are in jail and in order to get out of jail, you got to roll doubles. <laughs> and so, um, you're just doing that and then, uh, you got to circle the, you got to circle funny. the map and then come all the way back to your starting location. And the way you circle is, you know, you roll your dice and then the sum of the dice is how many spaces you move. Um, but the thing is, if ever you are on a space and somebody then rolls dice and they land on your space, your pawn mm-hmm. straight to jail go back to jail so you could be like right in the home stretch after it took right. you an hour to get this pawn around the map and uh boom right there back to jail so uh that was so it's kind of like the og sorry I'm assuming, yeah right? yeah i you think know? so um it's just it's funny because you know they were all like yeah this is a game that we grew up with and like this and that and i'm like yeah yeah that makes sense and um and they're like you know we we would play this till like you know for five six hours and i'm like oh my goodness this is insanity i was like let me can i we have it good, yeah, David. Yeah, we, we, That's what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. And so I did introduce them to uh, Nana and uh, and uh, monikers or fishbowl or whatever you want to call it, and they had a blast with those. I was like, see, we can play other things okay. that uh, are not parcheesy. But I had a good time. I, I had a good time playing it for like an hour. And then I was like, I told my brother, I was like, all right, you can take over for me, and uh, and that was good. So, yeah. Apparently, parcheesy is the national game of India and dates back to 4 AD and remains popular yeah. today. Parcheesi spelled out a little differently. It's a westernized version. Yeah, of Spanish is parques. So there you go. Well, All right. Speaking of snazzy. Uh, good since or people enjoying things today. Uh, you know what else people are enjoying uh, since I guess for a long time is uh, Black Friday, and uh, yeah, you know, just a little bit of CTG news over Black Friday. They had a few mm-hmm. promos and things. John, you copped the Brass Mag figures. Is that correct? 
You bet I did. Two copies of them because I'm saving oh. on shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake. I was going to say, you bought two copies? Wow. All right, I'll buy the second one. But uh, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, that is uh, Jacob's <laughs> copy. I missed the window. I, I, I ended up not. Uh, I had bought a PlayStation and like... Are they not for sale anymore, period? I thought they were going through the end oh, of the year on those. Don't tell me that, John. Well, we'll have to look... I'll, oh, they're still oh. there. Discounted through December 31st, oh, David. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, discounted through the end of the year? Wow, that changes things. All right. Well, CTG, if you're listening to this... 10% if, off? Yeah, if you're listening to this in real time, uh, thank you. I want to say thank you because I thought I only had one weekend to do it. And I was like, I can't do it. Um, so, yeah, this... I think it was just Riffle that was... Uh, oh, that's fine. We... Or 48 yeah, hours. Yeah, we, we already got Riffle. If you're... You know, people don't have Riffle or Scrubs. So, there you go. Um, oh, I'm just excited for this board mini, bro. <laughs> yeah, it? it looks great. It looks yeah, so good. So, um, but yeah, a few uh, Black Friday things. And of course, uh, CTG will be at PAX Unplugged. And from what I understand, you got some uh, open, not open play, but like maybe some not test play either. What's the word I'm looking for, John, of uh, Elder Scrolls? Demos? Of Elder Scrolls. Demos? They're doing demos, demos of demos. Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So anybody looking for a chance to demo uh, PAX Unplugged? Speaking of which, we will be at PAX Unplugged. So if you are one of our 10 to 15 listeners of the show and you are also at PAX Unplugged, please feel free to find us somewhere. Uh, we will be around. If you want to know what we look like, head over to Instagram and you will see our lovely faces. So uh, yeah, or maybe you might recognize us by our voice. You might be passing us in the hallway like, hey, those are the dulcet tones of not enough bones. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, that right? Yeah. So Good looking job. forward to PAX Unplugged. I'm sure we'll do a little bit of a, a short episode of what we found and what we played and how things went over at oh, PAX. Yeah. But uh, John, what we got up next? Today, David, we are talking about 20 Strong and uh, other small box solo games. But we're going to start with 20 Strong as kind of the main one that prompted the idea. So, so what is... Uh, 20 strong uh, at a high level i'm almost i don't know if they have their little kind of defined tagline on their website but it's it's a solo kind of almost adventure type game where you are facing um, different encounters it's kind of like a modular system where you have different so like solar sentinels i'll use for the purpose of today is a new ip that comes with at uh, 20 20 strong um, so you are going through s- different decks of encounters that are typically monsters and you are fighting them using a pool of 20 dice, hence the name 20 strong, um, that represent your, you know, your abilities in combat, etc. You, you have an asymmetric kind of hero that gives you your starting stats. And you're basically going through um, trying to overcome negative effects that are on these monsters. You're trying to defeat them using your dice. But the, the key thing here is once you have committed dice to an engagement, the end of that engagement, those dice get mm-hmm. exhausted. And you only have a limited amount of dice that you can bring back using your recovery stat. So the game is all about, I think the meat of the game is the the push and pull of how many dice do I need to commit here to avoid taking damage at the end of the engagement? And then how will that hamstring me or hurt me moving forward? Because if those dice get exhausted, I can only recover maybe two dice. But if I spend five, that means there's three there that are sitting there until I either have a really lucky turn later or I get a, an ability that lets me get more dice. Um, and the the beautiful thing about this system is everything that you defeat gives you yeah. something. So there's either instant effects, there's either passive abilities. Um, 
I haven't even touched like the mission cards or anything yet. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have, but there's ways to increase the difficulty right now. I'm just struggling trying to beat it on the easiest mode. Um, but I am absolutely loving this game. And the base box that came out on the Kickstarter came with the Solar Sentinels, which is a new IP, came with a too many bones mode, which to my surprise is like way different then it's not just a the and here's a new skin of monsters yeah. to get there's different it, entire structure to how the game works in the turn order and then i haven't looked at the hoplomachus one either and then they've already announced that there's the tango woods coming um which is uh looking really mm-hmm. cool i love the art they included some promos of some of the characters there but um highest level resource management you're trying to get through these decks of encounter cards so that you can fight a boss at the end. Very similar to kind of like a tyrant battle. Your goal is just to defeat the boss. You're going to have all these little guys that are attacking you. So maybe you need to get rid of them first before you can attack the boss. Sometimes maybe you don't. Um, but David, what's your what's your initial impressions or anything else you'd add about the game in general? Yeah, uh, no, that's a great, great overview. Good summary of the game, John. And I think like for me my first impression is just like, wow. Like I was had, I like, it's funny. Cause someone was like, I, I said, I had such low expectations for this game. Um, and someone was like, oh, then why did you back it? <laughs> to which is a fair, which is a fair <laughs> question. If you thought this game was going to be bad, why did you back it? And I'm just like, well, right. it's a chip theory game. I just can't, I can't help it. Um, and so, right. um, needless to say, Upon first upon first play, I was so just blown away uh, by the experience, and so we'll I guess uh, we can go ahead and maybe go ahead and highlight a few things that we like. Uh, but I think the main thing yeah. for me with Twenty Strong is that it is a uh, like yes, it's a small box, but it still has engrossing game. What I like to call like engrossing gameplay. Like I am. You know, like one of the pleasures of board games is like when you've had a long day and like maybe work was kind of meh and like, you know, just other things are going on and it's just like it's an escape and like, all right, I'm going to like I'm here with my with my game and I just want to escape. And I think like 20 Strong really immerses me in the gameplay decisions. And and that is what I noticed over the course of my, I don't know, like 10 or so plays now is is just like it feel it is a small game, but it feels like a full satisfying experience. Yeah, I think I totally agree with that as well. I think 20 strong is the name. It it might as well be called 20 minutes as well, because the playtime doesn't overstay its welcome. I think that's a massive part of it. It's got a really small footprint, which I think is huge. So you've got a really small box, right? Like we're talking about small box games here. Um, But it packs a lot of punch in a short amount of time. And you can just set it up start shuffling those three decks that you need to and then get going and then maybe you die early and you just say all right i'm going to reshuffle it up and go again or um you know it's easy to play through the entire thing in one sitting sometimes you know a too many bones game i might play through in one sitting or break it up depending on the length and this is one where i know if i'm setting it up it's going to take 30 seconds a minute to set up and then i'm going to be able to play it and and get the thing packed away in 30 minutes so i think that's just a major selling point outside of the whole gameplay which we'll talk about a little bit more but um definitely really enjoying um the ease of that what do you think about so so chip theory games and i guess you know the um, 
the one player guild on BGG has like the top, the people's choice top 200 solo games. Um, and a yeah. lot of those, uh, now chip theory games like has Hoplomachus, too many bones, uh, cloud spires on there. I think burn cycle might, might even mm-hmm. also might be on there. Um, and you know, those are big games and on that list are lots of like big games like spirit Island and mage Knight. But in that list also mm-hmm. is a lot of small games, which like, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, and I think maybe that's what chip theory games was going for is like, how do we do like a small box game? But then they went with the formula, I guess I like, I like to call it the final girl formula in that, like, you know, you have a core box, but then you can like mm-hmm. that, that has like the components that you will always need. And then you add in like the modular box that, you know, gives you the scenario or whatever. What do you think about um, like their approach with that? And like, how did you feel about um, the variety between Solar Sentinels, which is like the, I guess, like mm-hmm. the 20 strong flagship uh, IP uh, versus like, you know, doing too many bones? Yeah, so I felt when I was playing the Solar Sentinels that I was playing like a different game. And then the Too Many Bones game felt very familiar mm. I agree. To me. So Solar Sentinels, you were kind of choosing one of the monsters that was available at the start of every round, fighting that, and then trying to defeat that single monster as you kept going along the stacks. And you got the alien kind of bug feel going. Um, Too Many Bones, I felt like I was playing like an abbreviated version of Too Many Bones where I've got an encounter card that's giving me choices, right? That's a big part of Too Many Bones. And then I've got multiple monsters that I need to fight that may scale based on how far into my adventure I am, right? So they have the same similar point system. I haven't touched Hoplomachus, but I would, you know, assume that there's going to be things in that that are going to make me feel like um, I'm playing Hoplomachus. So I think the modular system here is going to allow chip through games to capitalize on the existing IPs that they have to give players a feeling of, you know, hey, I've seen this before, but this is a new take on it of a game I really love and maybe a shorter time frame, right? I don't know if they're doing a Cloud Spire expansion or whatever, but then on the Solar Sentinel side, it'll give them some freedom to maybe experiment with IPs and or design ideas that maybe don't justify a full box game but are going to be fun in a smaller package. Like, I don't know what a Solar Sentinels game would look like normally because there's not a lot more than, hey, kill this thing and get its rewards and, and keep progressing. Like, it works well in the 20 Strong system. The art's really cool. I don't know if there's plans to build that out into a fuller game, but what I really appreciate is that for the IPs that they already have, you feel like you're playing almost a miniaturized yeah. version of it in a new and yeah. fresh way. Yeah, I, I mentioned on the on the CTG Discord that I would love to see somebody rival Awakened Realms and Nemesis. Um, and maybe they mm-hmm. could use Solar Sentinels uh, to do that. So maybe CTG take on the whole, you know, alien idea. And I think that would be, uh, that'd be great. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they, oh. uh, you know, that would be great. But, um, you know, I did play Hoplomachus last night. I tried to get that played so that we could have that um, for today. Okay. And it felt, I mean, it felt like, Poplamachus, like, and what's interesting is that one. You do not start out with your seventeen dice. Um, yeah, okay. you have to recruit those dice into your pool, similar like how you recruit units into your into yeah. your camp, uh, and you upgrade, and then you can also upgrade your dice. So you exchange a yellow dice for a green die, a green die for a blue, so on and so forth. Uh, and so, like, that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it, this was unlike um, unlike Too Many Bones and unlike Solar Sentinels, where it's, like, very static. You have, like, the three decks. That's it. You choose an encounter. This one had 
um, not a map, but more more so a map. It was like a pyramid structure, and you can move around the pyramid uh, to then mm-hmm. like where you landed on is the encounter that you would be facing. Uh, and so like that was also cool and uh, reminiscent of yeah. Hoplomachus where you're moving around a map. Um, and so like that felt like a very different experience. Again, had a wonderful time. Uh, I died twice. Uh, yeah, I died twice before getting into the Scion. And then the third time I got to the Scion and then the Scion killed me. So I have not won the Hoplomachus. It was very difficult. Uh, I was going to say, David, is this game really difficult or am I, I just bad? I, I need yeah. to know. Well, I mean, I, I I did win the Too Many Bones one, and I've won Solar Sentinels a few times. And with the missions, I've just I've just played with them. I jumped straight into the missions. Um, and I, yeah, there's definitely some swinginess, which I guess we could get to some other pros. But uh, one thing also that I wanted to highlight as like a big pro for me, John, I don't know if you feel the way, the same way, but I love the tactical decision of choosing which enemy to fight based on your current circumstances. I think that's, wonderful mm-hmm. and like the enemies sometimes they combo with each other like you might defeat yep. one that gives you an instant reward that you need right now that you can then use to defeat another mm-hmm. like do something else with them like it's just uh so 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 good i love the tactical decision of which enemy you can face and there's a lot of like nuance there that i think like some people might be missing um you know mm-hmm. on top of like yeah the luck of the dice but also like the choice of who you face is is kind of a is is kind of a big one, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. And I think that helps to not just say, "Hey, flip over the top yes. card of this deck," and that's who you're facing. Especially like Solar Sentinels, you really feel like you can pick a couple in too many bones. You you know, kind of with the scouting mechanism, you can give yourself more options, right? So, um, and then it seems like with Hoplomachus being able to travel around to determine what you want to do um, also helps. So yeah, I think that's a great point in a game that's going to have some randomness, some swinginess because it is based on dice. You can at least try to mitigate some of that through what enemies you're going to be fighting. So yeah. So, um, but yeah, those are a couple of pros uh, for me. I could probably say uh, uh, a few other uh, things, but uh, anything else, John, you want to highlight that's uh, positive for you? I just, I think the production, as always, uh, it goes without saying, is amazing. Like the dice, they have little circles around them with little notches that help you remember how many hits are on each different color of dice, right? Because you have ones that go all the way from two to always hitting. Um, and so I think that's uh, Which is another another decision point, another kind of tense decision points. Like, you know, like you said, you've got a limited pool and you can only recover so many dice per turn. Do I use my good dice or do I, you know, try to use maybe my yellow dice and like hope for a hit? And then you're just like, yeah, that is uh, that is another great, great decision. Um, yeah. And then I think just the overall production is is just good. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, like the Solar Sentinels cards. I thought were super yeah. cool because there's some really awesome yes. foiling on a lot of the monsters where you just get these cool color pops and it, it's kind of catchy. Again, it's tactile. You got the nice cards and um, it's it's just a great experience to play with and you feel you know, pretty cool just kind of shuffling up those cards, looking through some of them. The dice look beautiful. Yeah. So we've talked fan. about the cards, the PVC cards that Chip Theory Games does. And like, I guess more than any other game, this is the one that lets you, you know, fiddle around with the most. most. So they, uh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I will say this, uh, I'd be remiss not to note the, it's not just 20 strong in theme, it's 20 strong in smell. And you open up that box of those dice, shoo, that is a strong chemical smell. Uh, John, did you experience that? It was pungent. 
It was, yeah. I just left it out. Uh, I had opened the boxes and aired out the cards, and I don't think it smells much anymore. But uh, yeah, I noticed some people online who may be more sensitive to that than I am <laughs> yeah. uh, were were not too happy. But for me, I just kind of left it out in my office and came back the next day, and it didn't smell that bad. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was so. that big. As a matter of fact, like growing up, did you ever like the smell of gasoline? Oh yeah. yeah so always. for me, I was just still yeah, to this for day. Me, I was just like, yeah, this is like gas. I'm. I'm I'm good. Like, give me the fumes. All right. Maybe that's why exactly. I've enjoyed my place so much. I've just been the, the I've been fuming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Straight fuming on this game. So, yeah. I hope not. Um, so tell funny. me some cons, perhaps, John, some cons that you're not uh, too, too keen on. So I don't have a lot of cons. I think the difficulty, if anything, isn't a, isn't a con because I know I just need to familiar. Like it's nice because I know it's a well enough designed game that it's like, it's not just I'm bad or it's not just like, Oh, the, the, the coin flip went tails instead of heads. Right. I, I just have had a hard time winning. And I think it's part of me is just trying to find the right strategy. So, and I don't know if I'm either getting unlucky or um, that. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a con. So maybe this would go under the prawn category, but I find the game to be pretty difficult. Um, depending on like i've had a couple awkward combinations of like things that limit encounter dice and then things that limit how you can place dice like needing to take a dice off for every miss that you have right and so like there's been a couple really feels bad combos but i'm like well i probably could have avoided that by discarding this one at the end of the round and not playing this and i don't know i guess the first game i played i was surprised at how quickly i died (laughs) like i took one hit uh, and I died. And I think I played the one character you told me seemed a little the one weaker health, in the, one the, health, the Solar Sentinels box, the guy oh with one gosh, health. Yeah. So that was yeah. my fault. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't think there's any like real gameplay cons um, that I can think of just from my experience so yeah. far. Um, obviously, whenever you have dice, you're going to have randomness. And if you're not comfortable with that, this might not be the game for you. But I think the game offers you plenty of ways to... Um, you know, mitigate that. If anything, my biggest gripe is that the rule book is so dang small. And then the paper that explains each of the scenarios, I got to like fold out and then I got to constantly flip that over and over and over. But that's just something that'll go away as I get more familiar with the game. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have mind. Like it would have been nice if included in the deck um, was like a card with the keyword reference um, on there, like just like a small card that's the same size as all the other cards with like the keywords on there. I think that would have been fine. And it seems like there's room in each of those decks for that. Uh, so that way you're not flipping the... Because like I like to have the... the what's nice is the, um, the rule sheet has the turn order structure on it. And so you just like, you just follow yep. that, which is great. But then a keyword comes up, it's like, all right, I got to unfold this, flip back and forth. And so, and obviously that comes with familiarity. And that is just like, that is just a chip theory game thing where you have keywords that you need to try to internalize. Uh, but I do agree that is somewhat of a con, disrupts the flow of play. So uh, maybe chip theory games, if you're listening, maybe I like a small card that you can include with each deck that just like has the keyword so that when it comes up, uh, you don't have to, you can keep your turn order structure right there and you don't have to flip back and forth. I think that'd be really nice. Um, the only other thing that I would say is you said short play time. Um, that's if, I guess if you die, uh, if, if you have what you've been doing, um, I have found my games to be closer to an hour. Um, I was thinking of like, hopefully this should be like a 30 minute experience. Um, but I'm getting upwards towards like an hour now caveat. I'm focused and immersed the whole time. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, it doesn't feel long because my decisions always feel very meaningful. But I would say sure. 
if you're like, ooh, it's it's my lunch break. I got 30 minutes. Uh, hopefully, you have longer than 30 minutes. If you don't, I would, you know, tell your boss, like, hey, this, we need longer. Um, but otherwise, I would say, like, you know, if you only have 30 minutes, try to die sooner. So, like, you know, you could say at least you played a game. Because otherwise, I think the game is a little bit on the longer end than I would like for this type of thing. But again, I, I love this game. So like that is like a minor nitpick. Maybe it's just because I was dying dying pretty quickly, <laughs> but I didn't feel like I was going to get to an hour. Um, but I'll have to play a couple more times and just uh, kind of measure that out and see. Yeah. So totally understand yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. But like everything else, like that's probably my way only nitpick. Everything else is great. Like the heroes are all uh, varied. Um, I think of the three right now, the way I would rank them, uh, I would probably rank them Solar Sentinels and Hoplomachus towards the top and then too many bones next uh i thought the like i had fun with the too many bones one but right now i i prefer the other two so far i'll have to revisit too many bones sure uh again some people say that like it the the too many bones one you gotta like you just got to get to um an eight plus one if you want to have a chance at winning uh which i guess makes sense because if you flip it you like automatically get two stat bumps which is huge um and so maybe that might be the the thing it's like you just have to do that every game. Um, but I don't know. Maybe somebody else out there might disagree. Uh, but that might be a small con slash prawn. But yeah, I think that's uh, all we got. Anything else you want to add about 20 Strong? I don't think so. I'm excited to continue to explore it further. I think just the way that the decks come out where you have multiple different choices is going to help with repeat plays um, to help but not get stale, right? There's a Solar Sentinels. There's like 45 different encounter cards. And you might say, you know, all right, well, you'll get used to seeing Monster A or Monster B, but you might not get used to seeing Monster A and B together and then a different combination of one of those. And maybe they're in, exactly. you know, different stacks. And, and so I think the the way the game's designed should help prevent it from you know, feeling like you've seen it all yeah. before. Um, so I'm excited yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. I agree. Variability is huge. And as John alluded to earlier, uh, uh, they've already teased their next line of three uh, packages, which looks fan. I love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. So it's the their Tanglewood series, which is like, what? what is it done? Like a fairy tale, I guess, kind of like, yeah, it feels like almost like Alice in Wonderland, fairy tales, you know, those yeah, kinds so of things. It's um, a white, red, white, and gold. So you've got Snow White, I guess, uh, Red Riding Hood, and I think uh, Goldilocks is is the the three. Right. And so like, I'm just super excited to see what they do with that. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I hope they take it in all kinds of weird directions um, because I think this is just ripe for exploring a space i don't know when i will get tired of the system but like for right now um this is a small box game of choice for me uh which i guess quickly here we'll move on to our next topic because uh this is a a thing the small box solo game like you got 30 minutes to an hour yeah you don't have time for too many bones you don't have time for cloud spire but you got time for something a little bit smaller and that is a genre of game out there so john what is your experience with small box small table small time solo games. Yeah. So there's really not a lot that I have played um, in this realm outside of 20 strong. I think some solo only that I would consider maybe small box, like things like under falling skies 
is, uh, you know, a smaller box. Um, if you want to count Final Girl in there, um, a lot of the solo games that I've played are are like Spirit Island right. or Too Many Bones, which are definitely not small box. So um, this is probably the first like really small box. Here's a compact package with a solo game that's designed to be that way. Um, I would count under Falling Skies in there. Final Girl gets a little bit bigger of table space and, and all that. But um, I think there's a really good niche in, in kind of in terms of like what I'd look for in a small box solo game is, is quick setup and just engaging gameplay that doesn't overstay its welcome. Right. So these are games that we're talking about are perfect for, you need a, a 45 minute to an hour, maybe recoup after a busy work day and you don't want to break out the spirit Island or you don't want to drag your wife into playing a heavy Euro game because she wants to read her book on the couch. Right. Like these are things that I think are, are, compact but pack a good punch right i really liked under falling skies i feel like there are good decisions in it um you could you know really customize your strategy 20 strong same way i feel like it, it there's solid decisions in a small package that gives me the feeling like i've done something i haven't just sat around and fiddled with some cards or um you know played solitaire mm-hmm. where i'm just kind of moving things around um i've actually made decisions that i've out you know, impacted how a game works. But I think you have a little bit more experience than I do with some uh, small box solo games. So maybe tell me some of your favorites and what yeah, you look for. Yeah, and that may, be due, that may be due to the nature that I haven't played video games in forever. Uh, and so I've just been doing the whole solo board game uh, thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head. It is like either small footprint, like if it's very easily on your table, small time frame, like mm-hmm. hour or less, um, but still hopefully like engrossing gameplay, you know, it, it basically, it punches above its weight. Like you, you get more out of it than, uh, what you think you, you normally would. And so, uh, for me, you already mentioned one under falling skies, I think is like a fantastic, mm-hmm. fantastic game. Um, a few others that I want to highlight, uh, resist, uh, by David Thompson and I think Trevor Benjamin, maybe Roger Tankersley. I'm not sure who all is involved in that, but it's a fantastic game where, again, very meaningful decisions mm-hmm. with a wonderful history theme. Uh, they came out with a new game called Witchcraft, which like I think everybody thinks is like Resist, but even better. So I'm excited to hopefully get that. Right. Um, Final Girl, as you mentioned, is another one that does the 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 system, the core box. Like here's the core box. And then you can mix and match, which I don't know if you would count Marvel Champions as kind of like that. Maybe if there's like, a, is there like, is there a okay. core, is each scenario unique or is there like a core thing that you always play with? There is a core set of like eight cards that go in every villain deck. And um, other than that, I think everything else is pretty mix and match based on the scenario yeah. you're fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, maybe for anybody. But that's one I would say, actually, you know, another thing about, it, I mean, you don't think small box because you think about yeah. all the content that's out there, but that's a pretty quick plays in 30 minutes, 45 minutes. If you're not engaging in all the customization that you need to go into. So, um, that's one I've played yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Final girl like is, is so good. Um, and love it. It's like very thematic. It, like way even swingier than, um, than 20 strong for sure. I, I at least for, I feel like that. I think it's even swinger, but like mm-hmm. the theme is appropriate. Um, and, and I enjoy that. And, uh, I'll, I'll maybe mention a couple others, but like sprawlopolis is another one. Now you haven't done any button shy games. I don't believe. Have you? Okay. Not. I, well, actually I've played stew. I think, that's oh, I think so too. <laughs> um, well, 
which is not anything to write home about. Yeah. So to, to yeah, write home about. I, I didn't think so. Um, I'll, uh, I, I'll lend you, um, Sprawlopolis when we are at PAX so you can uh, right. give that a shot and see what you think. But that, like, that's a really good, like there's, I think there's also that spectrum of like, this is a very puzzly game versus like a very thematic game. And so Sprawlopolis leans into the heavy, like puzzly, uh, game. And so, yeah, but these are like very, very popular, uh, a very popular genre. And I think like for me, the best ones are the ones that have uh, either like an engaging puzzle that like it can be varied. Like Rove is another one from Button Shy. Like I think it's a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what people can do with just 18 cards. Um, and it's like, that's a really good one. Yeah. But like some other ones that maybe are popular, I didn't just really like, like One Deck Dungeon. I don't know. I don't think, have you, you've not, mm-hmm. you've not played that one. Yeah. I got that again nope. for that reason. Like, hey, I want something that's like thirty minutes. It's like you know, sense of progression. You know, and I asked on the on BGG like way before Twenty Strong ever delivered. Like during the campaign, I said, "Is this more like Resist or is this more like One Deck Dungeon?" Uh, Resist being one of my favorite ones, and then One Deck Dungeon being a game that I, I was I played twice and I was like, "I'm done with this. This is this is no good," because mm-hmm. you reveal the monsters and they're all just basically like stats. And that's about it. Like they don't have any personality. Yeah. They don't have any, like any like meaningful overarching sure. like uh, tactical gameplay decisions like the monsters in Solar mm-hmm. Sentinels do. Uh, and so, yeah, I didn't uh, didn't really enjoy that one. And Warp's Edge is another one that I think. Um, but anyways, I'm I'm talking about a lot of games that John hasn't played and he hasn't much to contribute to. So I will uh, be quiet. But if okay. anybody is looking for my top recommendations, uh, Twenty Strong definitely makes it up there. I would say resist or slash witchcraft is uh, probably my next one. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I would add is under falling skies. I think like if you have those three games, those are going to provide you a lot that you can get um, for just to, like a little bit. If you need something that you can play on an airplane tray, yeah. I would also add rove. Um, so yeah, those are some, uh, right. those are some, some highlights and John will have to see if we can get you a, a, you know, it's not like the, it's like the most, it's not like the flashiest genre of game, right? It's not like the most impressive, right? but it's it's a niche that you need. It's something that you, you, you might need because you never yeah. know. It comes in handy more than you would think. And and if you get into it, it is enjoyable um, because there are so many times where, you know, I've got an hour at the end of the day and I don't really know what I want to do. Maybe I want to do something a little more engaging. You know, I could read a book. I could play a, a quick board game. There's lots of different things that you could do. But I think the solo games are just uh, fun to have handy in case you're like, oh, maybe I do want to just roll out 20 strong, play a quick game. You know, it doesn't overstate's welcome. The setup, I think, is the biggest thing for me is these games have to have yes. pretty quick setups. And I think almost all of the ones that we mentioned today do. Um, I even think about Final Girl, right, which is maybe a bigger game, but their setup's pretty quick because you just snap those lids right off of those boxes and you're pretty much good to go, right? So um, I'm really excited to continue to play 20 Strong more. Um, maybe I do need to try Resist. Maybe I'll try Witchcraft as that comes out because I know you've raved about that quite a few times. Yeah, so yeah it's excited. great. I think what's cool is that like within a... You know, they say, um, what is it like? Constraints tend to breed creativity, and so sometimes mm-hmm. it's like when you have endless space and endless time and endless mechanisms, you end up with something that's like not that great, or you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah. when you have constraints or you have obstacles to overcome, those end up, you know, creating some very memorable thing. It's like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You know, they didn't have enough money for horses, so what did they do? They have coconuts and like you know, yeah, and, and like, but like that's iconic, and I think that. Yeah. I think CTG asking themselves, can we do something that is this small, but still give it the CTG flavor? I think really 
like swung in their in swung in their favor quite a bit, and I think they accomplished something very special. So I I very much love this game. Absolutely. Anything else you wanted to talk about no, today, David? I, I, or uh, not, are dude. we? I we gotta I gotta get prepped for work. Uh, here we are closing off at seven. Usually we record at the end of the night, and I'm like, oh, I can go play a game of Tony Strong at the end of this and then go to bed. But now I've got my whole my whole work day. But David, we're really excited. I get to see yes. you tomorrow. We're going to pick you up bright and early. Um, the whole gang is heading up to PAX Unplugged. Um, thankfully, we actually got uh, media badges through PAX for our other podcast, The Discussion Phase. So um, that was a really fun experience. Shout out to PAX for uh, their generosity there. So we'll have a crew of five of us going up for um, my our buddy's bachelor party and then we have some of his friends joining us later in the weekend but a lot of gaming gonna happen um david and i'm stoked yeah, for that yeah, but, and can't uh, wait to see the boys be reunited with you guys again and share a vehicle with the four of you so that'll be uh, <laughs> a fun little trip hopefully we don't get pulled over so there we go all right well john if the people awesome. want to tell us uh how much they've been fuming on 20 strong where can they do so yeah, so the best way to reach us is through our email. You can send us any of your comments or questions at notenoughbones at gmail.com. Uh, we also have an Instagram account, Not Enough Bones uh, Pod, I believe. And uh, you can let us know uh, your thoughts there as well. Um, we're hoping to pick, post some pictures of some of our recent gameplays of 20 Strong as well as our experience at PAX Unplugged. Maybe we'll try to snag a selfie with a couple different people and uh, and throw it up there. So um, anyways, we really appreciate you guys listening today. Thanks as always to uh, Jonathan Allen Wright for our intro and outro music. Um, but that's going to do it for uh, this week's episode. Uh, I've been John, and this is my friend That's David. What I've been. All Every right. Day. See y'all. Thanks. And that I've, I was watching Walter Cronkite, and that the way the it is. All right. <laughs> I wish I had a good voice like him, but thanks See for listening, y'all. everyone.